it was the first time that I felt so vindicated in my actions. Like I had never made such a large decision by myself, but it never felt so right. Um, and it's like when you know, you know, and that was so real for me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Wetrick. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today, we have a Michelle Kwok. Michelle is the co-founder and CEO of the Female Laboratory of Innovation Knowledge, also known as Flick and built the first female-focused apprenticeship portal. Flick allows ambitious females to take on apprenticeship opportunities under inspiring female founders to help earn practical skill sets and experiences they need to push their trajectories of success forward, something so often inaccessible to many who face social and financial barriers to success. Michelle previously worked in male-dominated industries, such as sports, business, and tech, and through these experiences, she discovered her niche at the intersection of technology and impact. The apprenticeship program is available remotely, which enables women in rural communities to gain equal access to opportunities as those living in urban communities. Michelle is humble, bright-spirited, and full of advice and life. I thoroughly enjoyed recording this episode with her. So without further ado, Michelle Kwok. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today, we have on Michelle Kwok. Michelle, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Like, there are so many things reading about you, researching about you um, that I found and that I wanted to discover. But the first question I always ask my guests is, what is your origin story? Uh, who were you then? And what led you to become who you are today? Oh, that's that's a crazy one. Um, oh, how far back can I go? Can I just go from literally the beginning? <laughs> Oh yeah, some people start with the womb, like <laughs> go okay, as far as you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, I remember when I was really, really young. I don't know. It was about like six to eight years old or something. I come from a tr- super traditional Asian family, and I just remember getting a gift. It was like one of the first gifts that I've gotten, and it was a stethoscope and a and a stack of Baron's Anatomy cards, and they were like okay, Michelle, like, you're going to be Dr. Kwok, like, this is what you're going to be for the rest of your life. And for me, I was like, oh, okay, that's all there is, right? Um, I remember being really, really young and just knowing probably three degrees. It was like, you can either be an MD, a JD, or be an engineer. So at that time, I was like, I don't know if I want to be an engineer or lawyer, I guess I want to be a doctor. And the reason why my parents were so insistent on me being a doctor was because when I was younger, Apparently, I'd always say that when I grow older, I just want to help people. And I think the the obvious connection with I want to help people is, oh, you want to be a doctor because you want to save people's lives and you can save people's lives every single day. And so I went with that with that type of mentality from, I guess, six years old until almost until I was like in the middle of university. I honestly didn't know that there was anything else out there. Even my friends would call me Dr. Kwok. If somebody got hurt, it would be me helping them and figuring out like what ailment they had, what type of treatment they could have. Like I had done everything right, I would say. I, I did all the right APs. I started doing APs when I was in like grade nine. 
Um, I I did all like AP Bio, AP Physics, AP Chem, AP Calc, like every single math, science, AP advanced course ever. I I took AP French in like grade 10 and took AP Spanish in grade 12 so that I could have like diverse languages um, to be a doctor because I wanted to work with Médecins Sans Frontières and that's like the like Doctors Without Borders. Uh, I wanted to do like global work. Um, and so I felt like I was doing all the right things, but for some reason, my heart really wasn't that in it. Um, I felt like there could be other ways to create impact. And when I went to university, it was the first time that I had gone to a different school. I went to an all girls school my entire life from grade one to 12. Um, I had never moved a house. I had never lived outside of Vancouver. I had never gone to a co-ed school, never gone to a different school. And this was the first time I was living away from my parents. I was going to a co-ed school where a lot of my friends went to a completely different school. I went to the school for their Bachelor of Medical Science degree, which is the only one in Canada. And it's this honors program. And I felt like I was only, I was thinking for myself for the first time and making these decisions for myself. Um, and since I had done all these AP courses and done this advanced stuff in medicine already prior to university, I remember going to the class and being like, I don't really need to go to class. Um, this, this just isn't, this just is, is a waste of my time. Uh, so I didn't really go to class at all in first year. I'm really sorry to my parents if they're listening to this, <laughs> um, but it was, kind of the catalyst to everything that happened afterwards. I had so much free time. So I would go out of my way to find something new, something interesting. I I joined clubs that were like a sport business club. I really, really enjoyed sports when I was growing up. I was, I was the captain of my basketball and volleyball team um, in high school and sports were a huge part of my high school career. So I was always thinking maybe one day I'll work in sport. I always wanted to work for the NBA when I was younger. I even wanted to play basketball and then I ended up being five foot four. So that just didn't work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was something that I really, really enjoyed. And I ended up joining clubs that had to do with sports. I joined Right to Play, which is an international charity that helps underprivileged kids find, um, find sports opportunities. Uh, sport business club. I joined other random like marketing clubs and none of them were medical clubs at all. Although I was in this like honors medical science program and I loved it. And then when I turned 19, cause in nine, at 19 in Canada, you can drink alcohol. I ended up reaching out to this alcohol company. I was like, I am a student right now. Um, I don't have that much money and obviously my parents are going to pay <laughs> for me to drink. <laughs> how can I, how can I do something that benefits my friend group, but at the same time I can get some experience out of it. So I reached out to this company called Hey All Ice Tea. They were expanding across Canada and they were looking for social media help and they were looking for ambassadors. So I sent them an email. I had been creating videos before just for fun. Um, and it, they were just like travel videos that I, I love to make for myself. And I created this thing called a portfolio, quote unquote. I honestly didn't know anything about this stuff. I didn't know anything about marketing, but I told them I can create content for you. This is my portfolio. I am a digital marketing manager. <laughs> and I reached out to this company and I was like, they're definitely not going to answer me. I'm this medical science student. I'm literally in like second year, like first year or something like that. And 
they came back to me being like, okay, we'll send you product. You host an event. We'll see how it goes. You, This is a trial run. And I ended up hosting a, a big event with like a DJ. I made a snow volcano. I made like snow beer pong tables. And uh, I made a video out of it and they loved it. And they were like, this is awesome. And they made a nationwide campaign out of it and ended up hiring me. Like I did that job, a few jobs for them for free so that they ended up being like, okay, this is worth it. Like let's hire her. And I ended up doing um, ad campaigns for them. If you know what Calgary Stampede is, it's, it's like a really big uh, festival in Canada, uh, like a country festival in Canada. And I did their nationwide campaign for that as well. Um, and I got all of these like random opportunities on the way while I was a medical science student. And then I ended up working for Bumble as a campus director and being one of their top campus directors. Um, and I, I made events across North America. I made friends. I helped manage a marketing agency in Vancouver while I was in school. I stopped attending school as much. I remember I had this one lab that if you, if you miss a lab, you fail the entire course. Um, and you, you miss one singular lab out of any of the labs, you fail the whole course. And I was, I was on the core team of this thing called Impact Mentality. It was a series of events around North America that were focused around social entrepreneurship, Gen Z strategists, and mental health. Um, and that event in San Francisco ended up coinciding with this one lab. And I was really hoping that it wouldn't. And I was like, shoot, I cannot miss this lab, but I need to go to this event. I literally made this event. So I ended up going to the professor and I was like, professor, I'm really sorry. Is there any way that I can join another lab group at another lab section? Because I made this event in San Francisco. It's hosted alongside Disney, Headspace, Uber. And, I, and I'm actually probably not going to medical school. And I don't think I'll be back next year. And I really need to do this event for my career. Will you please excuse me from this lab and let me do it in another section? And she was like, yeah, okay, totally get it. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my she thought it was hilarious. She thought it was hilarious. She was like everybody everyone in my program was super intense. Everybody thought they were going to medical science like medical school out of medical science and I was the only one in the class that was like I don't know, I want to do this. I'm gonna, I'm doing completely different things. Um and I don't know if I want to go to medical school. And since it's this like honors program where people get weeded out every single year, pretty much everybody is on a one-way track to medical school knowing what they want to do um and so i ended up getting into this entrepreneurship program called next 36 that summer and when i got in it's this program that um, moves 36 of the most high impact high impact young entrepreneurs in canada to toronto you live in toronto with everybody else for four months in this apartment building and when we were when i got into that program i saw the email I looked at my academic counseling office. There were 15 minutes left. I ran there and I was like, I need to switch my degree so that I can graduate early. I cannot come back next year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because a lot of people out of this Next 36 program build a business and then end up working on it um, that the year after. So I was like, I want to, I would way rather do that than what I am currently doing. And she looks at my grades and she's like, but you have good grades. Like you can get, make it into the next year. You're not going to get cut this year from the program. And I'm like, I understand that, but I just can't do this. 
I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mic drop, I gotta go. And she's like, you know, there's only 15 minutes left in academic counseling today. You might want to think about it and then come back tomorrow or like next week and then we can talk about it a little bit more. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just I'm I'm just fine. And then I switched my degree that day. I sent an email, I sent a text message to my family group chat being like, one. I just switched my degree. I'm not going back to school next year. To I got into this uh, this program called Next 36. It's like a pretty prestigious program in Canada. You can look it up. Here's the website. And three, I just don't think I can go to medical school at this time. And they had no idea that I was doing any of this other entrepreneurial stuff on the side. They didn't. They thought that I was in like medical society at Western. Um, the, there was definitely a, a lot going on that they didn't know about. They didn't know what Next36 was. They were freaking out. I ended up having to fly home a week after just to explain to them what was going on and why this had to happen for me. And it was the first time that I felt so vindicated in my actions. Like I had never made such a large decision by myself, but it never felt so right. Um, and it's like when you know, you know, and that was so real for me. And so I ended up moving to Next 36 um, in Toronto. I, I lived there and I got randomly roomed with some girls and I was supposed to be roomed with somebody else. And the, that girl ended up being my co-founder, Ravina. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the funny thing about this is that I actually met Ravina two years ago. We were both interning at this media company and we met really briefly for like two hours at this one event that we were both at. And I sent her a Facebook request that she had never responded. And two years later, we get accidentally roomed together. We didn't even know each other was applying to this program. Um, we get accidentally roomed together. We try to get out of it for the first month because we're both supposed to be roomed with different people. But those people forgot to put in their forms on time. And then they uh-huh. ended up getting roomed together. So we couldn't get out of the rooming situation. And a month in, we started being friends. And then she accepted my Facebook request. What a kind person. (laughs) I know. Um, And so the the thing that we started talking about was, like, what what is interesting to you? Like, why are you part of this program? We want to find female founders and mentors. There weren't that many. It's It's pretty difficult to find female founders if they're not, like, handed to you almost because less than a quarter of the media stories the subjects less than a quarter of the time are women um and when you think about entrepreneurs I remember when I was younger thinking about entrepreneurs I would be like oh like the Mark Zuckerberg Bill Gates Elon Musk's of the world that can't be me I don't look like that I don't do stuff like that I'm I'm not even a technical founder um but since we were in this program, we were like, we have to embrace the idea of a female founder. Like, how do we navigate these barriers and challenges? How do we find these type of people? Um, we ended up making a list in one day, just being like, these are the people that I admire. And my list was so different from hers. Like, I was so interested in women in sports, like women in media. Um, and she was really interested in, sorry, that's my dog. Can you hear that? Oh, you're <laughs> totally dog. fine. I don't know if you heard um, my dog. She was sniffing at the door. She, you're totally good. <laughs> Um, and her list was like women in politics and women in the UN. And, and so we didn't know any of the people on each other's list, but we were like, these are all amazing women. We would love to meet them. So how can we meet them? Um, and we were like, they're never going to just say yes to this coffee chat with these random two girls. 
like these random like girls for 15 minutes why are they going to say yes to them so instead we made flick a media company we reached out to all these people on with a cold email and made a website in 48 hours incorporated our business in 48 hours and we were like we're a media company we would love to interview you and we do mission aligned stories with um empowering women and we send out all these stories we publicize them to young students and they all loved it like they Mm just something about that email got them um and they were all and one of our favorite responses was like ariana huffington replied to our email being like this is amazing i'd love to be a part of this let me know when you're in new york um and she's like can we can we feature you on thrive and we're like oh my god we have literally zero we have literally nothing oh my <laughs> um, god yeah that is- and that is like the peak response you can get but like the scariest too oh my gosh she was like let me let me um connect you with my head editor and we're like what (laughs) you're like honey you don't know (laughs) yeah you 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 don't even know we because we had made this logo and branding and all this stuff and it was completely different from what it is today um even though that was only i don't know like nine months ago but it was so so different but it, it looked legit i guess um so we went off and interviewed these women. We had an opportunity to go to New York. We interviewed Kim Kalp, and she's amazing. She's Forbes 30 under 30 in music. Uh, she works with like Justin Bieber, ASAP Rocky, John Mayer um, in helping them with their like fan merchandise. And she literally has like one-on-one meetings with them, which was so insane. We've been following her for a while. And we got invited to Elevate to cover Michelle Obama's talk. And they gave us free access and all this stuff and we were literally sitting in front of like akon (laughs) it was just like a really wild ride with this media stuff but what we realized was that a lot of these female founders they would always be like we need help scaling our businesses we really wish that we had mentors along the way when we were younger and a lot of the young students who were on um who are watching all of our stories would say the same thing they'd be like we're always looking for female founders and mentors or just like female leaders who would love to mentor us in a space. Um, and they were always looking for work experience and career experience, especially when you're a student, you'd love to just get something really innovative and interesting on your resume, but also learn a lot, like practically. A lot of education these days is very theoretical. Um, and that's what I struggled with personally. And that's why I went out and kind of discover these apprenticeships for myself, quote unquote. Um, and so we ended up pivoting Flick uh, around December into the apprenticeship portal. Like we de- we definitely still have some media going on, but apprenticeship portal was our focus. We were like, we should directly facilitate these connections between female founders and mentors and apprentices um, who are female students at universities across the world. And we can make this accessible via making it remote and virtual. Um, people in under-resourced areas, underrepresented people, everybody has access to this. And no matter what, as a student, this is always going to be free because this is your this is, should be part of your education that universities just aren't giving you right now, um, especially for women who really need to see other women who are in similar positions to them. They need to see women who look like them, who have the same background as them, who've navigated these barriers and challenges that other people just don't understand. Uh, And I think that's something that we've been working towards ever since. And it's been a crazy journey. And I'm sorry that that was a really long rant. 
Hello, hello, this is Ava here to give you a quick intermission and to let you know that there is a free resource article titled How to Connect with Anyone and Get a Response, which is an expansion from this episode here. You can find the link in the podcast bio below or go to mentorsmedia.com to check it out. All right, back to the interview. <laughs> no, no, it's not a random at all. You were just, you were telling your story and there's so much to talk about within all of that. Like I, like, legitimately i have a thousand questions right and they're all great like they're all i don't want to say they're all great questions but they're all i don't know your life is super interesting and the fact that you switch so fast from medical to entrepreneurial is awesome the fact that you worked with these amazing like actually you you really skimmed over that super fast you're like hey we got to, i got to work with all these amazing companies like how did you get into that you know like that was one thing i was thinking of while you were telling your story i was like how did she start to work for bumble and travel um and get these either i don't know you you said work for i know you mentioned internships as internships as well what did that like what did that all look like and how did you get into those spaces being a medical student at the time um what i learned really quickly was that it's all about framing um it's accepting what your background is and kind of making that the conversation piece because for me my hook was that I was actually a medical science student I would uh I remember when I was first looking for experiences so for example with the Hale company that was like one of the first companies that I had personally reached out to and I really wanted to get a position with them so that I could have something on my resume that would be the next step um and with them I found like their director online or whoever was um, in charge of their social branding. And I told that person straight up, like, I, Hey, I am a medical science student, but I've also done these, uh, these things. And I've been able to integrate both my analytical reasoning and critical reasoning and logical thinking into creating these amazing brand managements. Um, and so it's, how do you frame your previous experiences, even if it doesn't feel like it makes sense, how can you lay the dots out and connect the dots? Um, and so that's what I did for Hey Y'all. I remember reaching out to them, sending, I, I literally just looked up like, what do digital marketers do? And I said I could do all those things. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, could you do all those was, things where you're like, let me learn along the way? I could do some of those things. I, I for sure was like, I'm a very quick learner. I think I absorb, I can absorb um, knowledge quickly. And so I would just read a lot of stuff online. I would watch a ton of videos and I would say yes to every opportunity. And that was my big thing. It's like, whenever an opportunity comes up, just say yes and say you can do well to a degree. Like I wouldn't be like, yes, I can code an entire app, <laughs> but <laughs> it was like, could you do some brand design? And I was like, well, I, I have had an eye for some like photography and stuff like that. Uh, maybe I could, translate that into graphic design let me play around with like canva and adobe illustrator and once i played around with it a little bit i was like i could figure this out so yes i can do that um and it was kind of just being that yes person to a certain degree where i was like you need something i can do that and i will make myself so valuable because i can do literally anything and you can trust me with it um and that was kind of my mentality towards it so then uh, I just got used to like DMing people. I, I created videos online. I put it onto my Instagram and I would literally send the video to companies and be like, I've created a video for this company. Um, 
would you would you like an interactive would you like interactive video content it's it's the next wave of content that's going to reach out to your future and current consumers and like it was the way that that message was framed that was like concise and gave them a value proposition um and people started finding me on instagram and then with bumble I think I was working with a, a a startup marketing agency at the time and somebody had found my profile and they were like, I know Bumble's hiring. I feel like you'd be good. Let me refer you. And since I wasn't referred um, by someone from Bumble, I ended up reaching out to like their marketing director, like by myself on Instagram DMs and just being like, this is the stuff that I've done again, like sharing my portfolio and all that stuff. Uh, I remember another time, like, I wanted to work at Nike. And so I looked up on LinkedIn, the Nike digital marketing director, and I found another marketing director too. The digital marketing director, I I realized that she didn't really have a huge presence on LinkedIn. So I found her on Instagram and um, I formulated some like Instagram DM being like, I made it kind of half professional and half like I've done a lot of research on her. Like I saw what she had on her LinkedIn profile. I saw what she was interested in. And I told her why I was interested in Nike and that I wanted to meet her. And I told her I would literally drive to Portland for 15 minutes to have coffee with you if you say yes. Uh, and she's like, okay, it's okay. You don't have to drive to Portland, but I'll hop on the call with you. Um, with the marketing director, I looked him, he was very active on LinkedIn, but I wanted to stand out. So I looked him up on Google. I read every single article about him. On the eighth page of Google, I found a podcast he was on. It had like 30 plays. I listened to the whole thing. I sent him a LinkedIn personalized invite and I connected with a note being like, these are the things from the podcast that I agree with. This is something that I disagree with. I would love to chat to you about it um, and learn a little bit more from you about your perspective. And he responded literally in like 20 minutes being like, okay, I'll hop on a call with you. I'll hop on like a half an hour call with you so we can talk about this. And um, it was finding that like baseline of interest. And the first thing he said was like, I literally thought nobody listened to that podcast. I don't know how you even found it. So I'm intrigued. And it was supposed to be a half an hour call. We ended up getting along, talking for two hours. I was like sitting outside in the cold for like two hours on this call with this guy who was really amazing. He was like, I would hire you right now if you had a US visa, but you don't. And also my undergrad degree didn't translate for the J1 visa or something. So he was like, I'm actually going to connect you with somebody from Nike Europe because uh, I, I like you. And I was like, oh, Damn. Um, and now he works with like the Golden State Warriors, which is super sick. Uh, and he I didn't end up going through with any of that because I ended up getting to next 36. But it was stuff like that where I would go literally out of my way as much as possible, do as much research as possible, find a baseline with that person and connect with them in a meaningful way. No, I didn't ask for anything from them. See, that was the thing. Like, I literally was like, I just want a 15 minute coffee chat. I just want to talk to you about this. I just want to talk to you about this podcast. These are some thoughts that I had. It was me giving value to them. Like, how could I constantly give value? And then that would build my value brand. Um, and I really learned how to frame things over that time to get opportunities. Uh, a, a really good example of that is that I've literally never written a resume until like two weeks ago when we needed to submit one for a grant. Um, my co-founder was like, can you just quickly send me your resume? I was like, I've never had to because all my opportunities have come from 
connections, like me connecting with other people, not like family connections. My parents literally know nobody in this space. Um, and it was me just connecting with people and finding an interest in their lives and literally just wanting to learn from them and give them value. And that's how I got from opportunity to opportunity. I've never written a resume. I've never submitted an application um, for a job. And that's just like, that's just how everything happened. And um, that's why I wanted to create Flick because for women, it is sometimes more difficult to create those connections and hard to find that like baseline attitude. I think at the beginning, especially when I was working with alcohol companies, I kind of had to adopt that like bro attitude. It was like, let's, don't worry, I'm going to throw parties with frats. And I'd be like, yo guys, are you, how are you doing? Like, let's have a stick party. You know, I had to adopt that. I had to adopt that attitude. And a lot of people might not be comfortable with that. And you shouldn't have to be comfortable with that, right? Like you should be able to totally connect with and be able to get opportunities through finding people who resonate with you on the same level. Um, and that's something that's a barrier that I definitely wanted to knock down for other women coming up, which is why we created Slick. I really love that the past experiences that Michelle had allowed her to see an area that needed an improvement, which allowed Flick to be born. Finding blind spots in areas of improvement is definitely something to ponder on until part two of this interview, which comes out tomorrow. Be sure to stay tuned for more on how Michelle was able to successfully cold call top people and how she developed a phenomenal team.